Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Movies, the bonus podcast from The Screen Brum Show. We're here to give you some recommendations and uh, some thoughts for things to keep you entertained and uh, stimulated and uh, positive during lockdown. Uh, today I am Blake Woodham. I'm always Blake Woodham, to be honest, but today I'm Blake Woodham especially, and uh, I'm joined by my regular co-host, Tim Wilson. Hello, Tim. Hello. This is probably the first time I'm sort of sitting, relaxed, drinking a beer whilst talking about stuff. So, Tim, uh, we're what we're two, two, two weeks into lockdown now, just over two weeks. Um, are you settled into it now? Yeah. As you know, I remote work, I'm a remote worker, so I'm mm. used to that bit. Uh, still getting used to the concept of uh, being locked in or locked down or whatever the con- concept is, and then having your one form of exercise every day. Mm which you make the absolute most of. Well, I've been doing um, PE lessons with Joe Wicks on YouTube in the morning. How are you finding that? I'm loving it, I have to say. Uh, my kids are like, I'm getting bored, but I'm carrying on. He's encouraging me to actually do some, so that's good. One of the things that I've been doing is, what I did yesterday was I watched the um, National Theatre. You know the National Theatre Live have those um, productions that they put on at the cinema? They released um, James Gordon's one Man, Two Governors, which was a big hit a few years ago, uh, on YouTube um, for you to watch. So I watched that yesterday, and it's really interesting because I've seen a couple of those national theatre things before, but <clears throat> this is like a sort of quite a broad farce. And it really highlights, it's got, it's got a number of faces you recognise from other things, but if you're a screen, you know, you tend to be a screen watcher, the acting on stage, particularly for this kind of very lot physical comedy and very kind of slapstick, is completely different. And it's quite interesting seeing these people act in a totally different way, um, much bigger. You know, it's all kind of movements rather than sort of little facial expressions and stuff. It's a totally different discipline. And, and I know that's kind of obvious when I say that, but it's quite interesting seeing it on a screen to kind of get that comparison. Because I have seen a couple of those national theatres before and I haven't really picked up on that because it wasn't the same sort of play but um yeah it was it was james corden's got absolutely fantastic comic timing uh, i don't really understand a lot of the of the hate he gets because i thought he was great yeah i mean it, it's um a peculiarly british thing to um latch on to someone's success and someone's talents in a way that the, that people have done with him i don't mm. get it either the other one i've been i've been watching royal opera house um, they've been putting on um, productions on it on a Friday night at seven o'clock on Facebook and on YouTube. It's nice to see, you know, to see um, the op- opportunity to watch a ballet or watch an opera and seeing these, seeing these, and seeing these put in put out in a format that will appeal to kids and to parents as well. And I, I'm really enjoying that as well, which is nice. Excellent, excellent. Is there anything else you've been watching that you would recommend for people? Yes. The one film I watched last week, which I really enjoyed, um, was uh, the Eddie Murphy vehicle. Dolly, Dolomite is my name. I don't know if you've seen that. I've, I've heard of it. I think it was it was rumored to be in Oscar contention, and it's supposed to be. I haven't seen it, but I hear it's very good. Yeah, so that's that was a Netflix production, um, and it's um, Eddie Murphy. It's, it's a biopic of uh, Rudy Ray Moore, who was the sort of the comedy rap pioneer, who sort of. Um, he latched onto the whole black exploitation phenomenon in the seventies. This kind of tra- tracks his his rise from being a comedian to, and rap pioneer. 
he was kind of like one of the you know godfathers of rap effectively but then he we went into doing movies uh, and um it's 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 got a it's got such heart for a film with such um foul mouth <laughs> and but it's so funny and so and so heartwarming and um and it and it's 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 as kung it's more kung fu than the terrible kung fu in the film um <laughs> it's very it's very it's 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 highly worth it and really reminds you of the um the talent that Eddie Murphy has oh, yeah. and has had um it's brilliant it's filthy and affectionate at the same time really worth it i watched a couple of things this week on the recommendation that lucy in our last show um she recommended a film called extraordinary um mm-hmm. which was fantastic very funny very warm um but i also watched as promised bavarian yeah now this is the imogen poots and jesse eisenberg film about um basically being trapped in a house with your family uh, and unable to escape. So um, creepy <laughs> um, for our times. And I really enjoyed it. It's, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very much a satire on, well, not it's very, very, call it very, very black comedy, but it's a sort of satire on families, um, what children do to couples and relationships, the, the kind of the nature of parenthood. It's very much a kind of... Um, film that felt like it was speaking to me personally and therefore i felt slightly slighted it feels quite bitter uh, about some of this stuff but um it looks fantastic beautiful aesthetic it's very sort of weird kind of almost cartoon like houses and the sky is always perfect with these little clouds drawn around and um it's it's an odd it's 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 very much like my nightmares um it's a night it's slightly oh nice genuinely nightmarish like like just they're just driving around and can't find a way out. And that, that's something I always seem to sort of have a nightmare about. I, I'm really glad I saw it at, at this time um, because it is a spookily appropriate. And I think if it had come out any other, if it had come out later, people would have thought it was a kind of comment on the current situation, whereas it's not. Mm. But yeah, I'd recommend it. Brilliant. I've got Money Heist or what it rolled up to go as well when I uh, get a moment at your recommendation. It looks like the kind of thing you know that I would enjoy. So, uh... yes, it's not um, you know it's not uh, super challenging stuff, but it's it's good and it's it's interesting in the sense that you know there's something you, you're so used to seeing these um, British and American kind of crime caper things that a Spanish perspective it, there's something different about it. That, that there's just something slightly different about the way it's presented, uh, not hugely, but but it, it's really sort of refreshingly different way of looking at it well see what you think and let me know um there are the other the other two things i've i've been getting into um watching a lot of comedies as well um there's two comedies that i've been watching one is and actually the 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 theme that runs through these comedies is that they are um focused on old people or older people um one is the uh, kaminsky method which mm. is the um, Michael Douglas, Alan Arkin vehicle, basically follows and Michael Douglas is playing a guy called Kaminsky, who's an aging acting coach, and, ha- and is fr- friends with uh, Alan Arkin's character, who's just who's about to lose his wife. And I'm not going to spoil too much beyond that, um, other than it's, um, it's really sweet and focuses in on um, friendship and focuses in on aging. Um, is it a, is uh, it a film or a series? It's a series. There have been two series so far. 
so it's um it's done by uh, Chuck Lorre, who is responsible for about half the uh, American com- sitcom situation comedies, and it, it seems it, uh, come out of the states. Um, and it's really good, very and um, um and very dry, but full of uh, full of wit and anything that Alan Arkin is always is in is always worth watching. I find. And then uh, the other one I'm watching is uh, and this has been around for quite a few years now. It's Grace and Frankie, which is the uh, Lily Tomlin uh, Jane Fonda um vehicle that uh, which martin uh, sheen as well isn't it martin sheen so yeah the the setup is basically two unlikely friends um well they've known each other for a long time uh who are brought together because their husbands announced that they are in that they are in love with each other and planted and divorced grace and frankly <laughs> frankie to to get hitch up <laughs> together it's a great setup and um yeah it's it's sparkling with the two leads uh, and indeed uh and indeed, Sam Waterston and um, Martin Sheen. The other thing we wanted to talk about was listening and listening to film soundtracks. I thought it'd be quite nice to have a little chat about our favourites. I'm, I'm not necessarily picking favourites here. I'm picking three soundtracks today that I, I really... That might not be initially what you might might associate with the um well number one they might not be associated with the composer as their best work even though i think they are but also they're just a little bit more um a little bit more um not what you might expect me to pick so hopefully what we can do here is we can um maybe introduce some people to some some stuff they might not have heard um and again people often have a bit of time on their hands at the moment so you know now's the time to try something new so, so do you want to run through? I've got three as well. So, do you want to run through some some choices? Well, one soundtrack which I absolutely adore, and kind of is the making of the film in many regards, is uh, Jerry Goldsmith's uh, soundtrack to Basic Instinct. Not not touted in the Jerry Goldsmith pantheon. Quite often, a lot of people will pick things like The Omen, or um, you know, Star Trek motion picture alien you know there, there are loads and loads of amazing jerry goldsmith soundtracks i think that this film you know i think this film is the tenor of the this soundtrack is the tenor of the film you know there's a you, you know you, you everyone is familiar with the film and everyone's familiar with the fact that it's an erotic thriller um and i think erotic thrillers are tough to get right but this is not a normal thriller <laughs> not an normal a normal erotic thriller you know coming from paul verhoeven very good good pronunciation yeah per who yeah 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 and you know the 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 the, the marriage of joe Hest, esther Hess and paul verhoeven and you know and also um i'm not the hugest fan necessarily of jerry's goldsmith 90s sound although you know he's done many what great things this is just like this there's a there's a velvetiness almost a, a dare i say a john barry quality to the to the way that the strings and the arrangements are queuing in there's a kind of it's a real it's a real mysterious and sensual soundtrack and really tallies with the with the uh with the nature of the film or what it, or at least what the film is trying to get across um and you know from whether it's the main title sequence which is beautifully done um you know if you listen to that you will understand why i say it's more barry like than uh, goldsmith um and then also um listen to the song nightlife and i think you'll uh, that that particular cue should be on any um is one of the best cues you'll hear um it's a great it's a great soundtrack um, that bolsters the film. Um, it's very, very addictive. I've certainly never listened to it in isolation, so that's going to be the first thing I do after this. You really should. It's mm. it's great. Um, it's funny you mentioned. Well, it's inevitable you mentioned 
John Barry there. John Barry, in my opinion, is you know he's he's the dot you know he's the don of all of this stuff, the absolute number one. So I was trying to think, right, I'm going to just pick one John Barry soundtrack to to suggest people to listen to. And of course, that's a hard one. It is, and 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 there's you know there's the obvious ones. My all-time favorite soundtrack probably um, is um, Midnight Cowboy, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is John Barry. Uh, the Ipcrest File is also up there. But I want to pick one that maybe people haven't heard, um, and it's it's his very first film commission, which is in 1960, I think. Uh, Beat Girl, um, a, a, a pretty forgettable film, I think, if I remember rightly. I think I've seen it a long time ago, but I don't remember much about it. It's got Adam Faith in it and Christopher Lee and Oliver Reed, but it's it was the first soundtrack that was released in the UK on vinyl, um, and it was a hit, I think, and it's. It's brilliant. It's it's really sort of groovy, kind of early '60s feel. It's a kind of the film is a sort of moral panic film about kind of um, youth gone wild, and it's got and Adam's Faith sings a song where he says something. There's a great lyric in it. I think he says, "You're as cool as lager beer," um, which is obviously the coolest thing they could possibly think of. Um, and um, it's um, yeah, it's great. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant soundtrack. It's not like a lot of the other John Barry that you're thinking of with these lush, sumptuous strings. It is much more of a kind of um, funky band kind of thing, but brilliant. And um, right from the start, right from the um, uh, the initial theme, when you start off, you know you're in you're in for a great classic rock and roll type soundtrack. You can almost see the um, the leather jackets and, and smell the pomade. As you listen to it, so there we go. That's um, John Barry's film debut, Beat Girl. That's my recommendation. Yeah, there's another film around that time when he was collaborating with Adam Faith and the film Never Let Go, which um, that's right. Uh, which is another film, another soundtrack around that time, mm. and you can see his um, his development from uh, you know the band, the John Barry Seven. You can still he's still he's, uh, even you know right the way through to Midnight Cowboy. You can see that jazz vibe that is um, prevalent in a lot of his sixties um, output. It was only really into the seventies that he started to really explore the. Um, I mean, obviously. Yeah, the lusciousness of things like On Her Majesty's Secret Service when he started experimenting with synths, but then he started to really get into the strings and the soaring epicness. And that's when you end up with your Out of Africa's, your Dances with Wolves, all that kind of stuff, mm. which is just pure beauteousness and, you know, um, yeah, somewhere in time and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, he was, he was able to develop from being that kind of... Uh, you know, I love the synth. My favorite era is that kind of turn of sixties, early seventies stuff. You know, if you listen to you know on a Majesty Secret Service, and then you listen to stuff like the theme to the Persuaders. You know, you got that. Um, you, you got that. Um, the way he uses the the bass notes in in that synth. You know, to sort of the bow, the moog, the moog synthesizer and stuff. Down, 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 down. You know, all that kind of stuff. I love oh, all that. Yes. Oh, me too. Me too. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Um, so, any other recommendations? As if you can't make the link between John Barry any more um, uh, obvious, I have gone for a Bond soundtrack, and this is Bill Conti's For Your Eyes Only. Um, It's one of the... um, Bill Conti, of course, has done some amazing work as well. Um, Obviously, everyone will know him for Rocky and, you know, the soaring soundtrack that Rocky has given, and clearly he probably got uh, the gig for... um, so basically, John Barry wasn't available for whatever reason, and it, it is a, it's it's such a, a a rich 
tableau of styles, rock, Latin, disco. It, it, it still feels like it's stuck in the 70s, a lot of the soundtrack. It's got the, one of the best renditions of Bond theme. It's filled with synthesizer. It's, uh, it's got amazingly enjoyable pieces. Um, one piece that you should definitely, if you're going to play a piece at all, um, you should play this, uh, this, the, the track Runaway, which is the, the ski sequence uh, in the um, ski chase in the movie. And it's 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 so brilliant. It's it's got it's funky. It's cool. It's got great horns. Um, Conti really just like threw the kitchen sink at this film. And again, it's another film that's bolstered from its soundtrack. Yeah, and uh, I know that um, you know I'm, I'm very fond of all the non-Barry soundtracks <laughs> in Bond because they all give something a little bit different from the Barry from the Barry blueprint. Even David Arnold, who's the biggest John Barry fan alive, you can you can hear that in his soundtracks. This 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 is a really fun, cool, rocking soundtrack. Let me track down for your eyes only. It's brilliant. That's Bill Conti. Bill Conti, the man. Yes. You mentioned synths there. You can't get away from a fantastic, um, a kind of sinister synth score can be, particularly for horror films. You know that um. Obviously, John Carpenter is very much the kind of, um, you know, the, the, the uh, apogee of that in some way. Uh, Tangerine Dream, there's another one. Um, so certainly what I've been listening to recently has been, I mean, The Keep, Tangerine Dream soundtrack for The Keep's really, really good, but it's hard to get hold of. So I've been listening yep. to um, Near Dark, um, which really should not work with that film because it is, you know, it's a very much a sort of southern gothic western type film. But then what we have in um, in the soundtrack is, is is sort of very electronic synthy stuff. Um, you know, you should you imagine sort of banjos, but it's brilliant. It works so well, and uh, again, works in isolation from the film. You can just sit and listen to it. So that is that is a one synth score, score I'd recommend, and the, and the other one that I really really think is fantastic, um, and I just can't stop listening to it at the moment is Cliff Martinez um, soundtrack to Neon Demon. Yeah, a, a film I didn't particularly get on with, but the soundtrack is amazing. And I love Chris Martinez. I used to go to the cinema uh, when I lived in London many years ago in a complex which had a, a Virgin Records right next to the cinema. And I'd always, I, so many times I'd see a film and I'd come out and I'd walk straight in and buy the soundtrack. Um, I remember doing it for Traffic by Cliff Martinez, which is a great soundtrack as well. But The Neon Demon, it's sinister it's um infectious it's creepy it has that kind of glamour that is perhaps a facade for something more unpleasant i'm not as eloquent talking about music as you um i'd recommend it to anyone who hasn't uh hasn't heard it or and again you don't have to like the film yeah neon demon is one uh, crazy film <laughs> the soundtrack certainly um contributes Cliff Martinez also did the soundtrack to Drive with, the, of course, the same director whose name I can never yes, pronounce. Yes, Nicholas, Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah. Is it Winding Refn? I call it Winding Refn. Is it Winding? I don't know. Um, someone will tell us, I'm sure. Um, Him. But yeah, his soundtrack to, his soundtrack to Drive is really good as well. And, and I really like Drive, but Neon Demon soundtrack, yes. Um, I'm, whilst I'm on the subject of synths, definitely down with uh, all your suggestions. Definitely down with, um, I'm a big fan of John Carpenter's stuff. Um, Pre-613 is a great soundtrack. I love Tangerine Dream. I think Legend 
the soundtrack to Legend, the synth version, not the Jerry Goldsmith version, is uh, definitely worth a listen. Um, but I'll, I think I will pick, because I'm stuck in the 80s, I will pick the Transformers, the movie soundtrack. Vince DiCola, him of Rocky IV, and uh, a bunch of other things. Vince DiCola is a supremely talented dude. I mean, incredibly, what might sound incredibly cheesy, uh, a, a choice of uh, synth sounds, the epitome of the mid eight, mid eighties, little eighties digitalness of uh, synth sound choices. But actually, every every single track on the um, uh, soundtrack to um, Transformers the movie is great. Um, you know, you've got Stan Bush, Weird Al Yankovic, Vince DiCola, they're all contributing uh, great stuff, and it is one of the archetypal. Um, 80s synth album, synth and rock albums. It's not really, I would say it's not really a soundtrack as much as it's a bunch of uh, tunes uh, by and large, but it's it's so much fun. And you should definitely check out the track Auto, the Autobot Decepticon Battle that Vince DiCola has done. I think that's great. And I also really, really like the cheese that is Stan Bush's The Touch. Definitely check it. It's a great, great soundtrack. I can honestly tell you I haven't seen the film. We're talking about the music side of it, so I'm not going to comment on the uh, dramatic content of the film. I'm going to say a couple of other things um, before we sign off, Tim, uh, in terms of um, recommendations. Uh, Christabel Tapia de Beer is, is a composer I strongly recommend people check out. Uh, his soundtrack to the TV series Utopia is fantastic. Um, love that. If you're looking to, for some reason, I imagine that now it would be a strange thing, but if for some reason you are looking to you know, increase your own anxiety... Hans Zimmer's score for Dunkirk um, is absolutely fantastic. It's just very spare, very very kind of rhythmic. and It's a metronome for the timelines of the films, isn't exactly. it? It just works on that level. So shall I, shall I say one more and then let you finish off, Tim? Have you got another one to recommend? Yeah, by all means. Yeah, yeah. Because um, i just got one more that, that is something I loved when I saw it in the film and was part of the film, which is the soundtrack to... Um, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, uh, <laughs> the, the Wes Anderson film. Um, yeah. And so we, what you've got in this is, in the film, one of the characters is played by the uh, Brazilian musician Sehu Jorge. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and he does all these covers of David Bowie songs in the film uh, with Portuguese lyrics. Um, and they're brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And um, it's another example of a film I walked straight out of the cinema and straight into the record shop and bought immediately afterwards i think it's is it mark mothersberg i'm not sure how you pronounce it again terrible. yeah um who is uh, i think also has worked with wes anderson on a few things uh doing some music as well so it's it's, it's not it's not it's a mixture of of different things on the album but it's, it's it's fantastic and a great warming comforting kind of a um you know in the way that that wes anderson films often are you know sort of angular and odd but uh ultimately with a kind of warm heart and, and the soundtrack does that i think i agree i think um i'm a big fan of mark mother mother's bow mother's bow whatever his name is um yes sorry pronounce his name uh i i'll give you uh thor ragnarok as a score um for me um thor ragnarok evokes kind of the um the great kind of um it has a it has a big love for things like flash gordon but also have a big love for sort of the um the 80s the 80s output of alan silvestri has a kind of a big again big rocking element beneath all the kind of um 
beneath all the the kind of the uh, the thematic elements and the big and the big production, it has a lot of fun by showing up its cartooniness, as it were. And you can tell that uh, you can tell it's just a film that is much more enjoyable soundtrack wise than any other Marvel film because of that. So who's that by? That's Mark Mothersbaugh. Uh, again, it's great fun. Another selection. Um, I'll just give you one more, I think, and that'll be again. You, you've you've prompted me because you were talking about Wes Anderson, so I'll give you um, uh, Alexand- Alexander um, Displat. Uh, <laughs> Displat. Well, we're, we're having an absolute nightmare with our pronunciations tonight, aren't we? Yeah, Alexandre Displat. Uh, his soundtrack to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, it's just. It, it, the whole film is a quirk, is a quirk overload, and the soundtrack just goes with that. You know, it's got the yod, Swiss yodeling, um, it's got Alpenhorn, uh, Gregorian chants, um, and it kind of again, um, I think he's become a, a composer as as good and as and as high value as you know, as in terms of um, you know, he's up there with Barry Goldsmith and all those guys. I think the stuff that he brings out is just staggering. Um, he has such invention. Well, we've given you a little bit of a potential uh, food for thought or something to, to check out. The great thing about the uh, music, of course, is you can listen to it whilst you're doing other things. So um, why not try out some of our recommendations, see what you think. And we'd love to know what yours are. You can tweet us at Screen Brum um, and let us know what you are uh, listening to and what you're watching as well. So we have um, come to the end of our uh, podcast for today but we are going to keep producing them throughout lockdown um so if you subscribe you'll be able to find out a constant stream of recommendations not just from us from a range of people um and um, we hope that you are doing well out there in the lockdown world um, tim anything else you'd like to add before we sign off no just if you watch the basic instinct soundtrack you do not need a nice pick um and you definitely do need to be wearing underwear very good <laughs> advice. <laughs> is it? Is it reached that level of lockdown in your house now that wearing underwear is something you need to remind yourself to do? No, I, I, um, I, I, uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much, everyone, and uh, and goodbye from Screen Brum for now. And it's goodbye from me as well. See you in the next episode.